Hi, Tom. So I've got a bunch of topics in front of me. Good. I don't have any. Well, I have one little tidbit, but that's that's about all. Well, why don't you share your little tidbit? My little tidbit. I just I hadn't been to Talkshoe. I don't. I can't even remember the last time I went there. Yes. You know, but I I stopped by just to see what the statistics were on the downloads, uh-huh. and I was pleasantly surprised to see that it's averaging well over a hundred a week. I think you're the only thing left on Talkshoe, aren't you, Heron? Well, no. Apparently, the you know the Patriots and the Christians are going strong there. I think. Mm. Yeah. It's uh, well, I don't know. Yeah, but but. I, It really caught me off guard. I expected to see, you know, 10 maybe or something, you know. Hmm. Um, So I have no idea what that is. Maybe it's some bleed off of this or something. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway. People want the uncensored versions, I guess, and they can get the uncensored versions on your feed. Yeah. And eventually they'll all be there. (laughs) It's going to take, it's going to take me a long time to edit all this stuff though. Yes. This is going to take me a couple of months just to finish the walk and talk stuff. Hmm. How's that going? Slowly. Uh, I, I've been less than diligent about doing it, um, but I've changed, you know, I'm, I'm working on that. Very good. Very good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's got to get done. I mean, all I have actually is the stuff I've written and the stuff I've recorded. I mean, there isn't anything else right now. I might as well at least put that out there. Certainly. Well, I mean, there's the glimmer of intellectual incitement that occasionally sparks off us when we talk. But, yeah, I mean, aside from that, yes, it's got to be stuff in your back catalogue. Yeah, and, and, and well, in any case, uh, so anyway, it was a, a surprise to see that there were so many downloads um, and it's fairly consistent too. Mm. Uh, so I mean, it's not. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. that's that's my story. I'm Very sticking cool. to it. So I'm not doing Periscope tonight, and I'm not doing Periscope for a variety of reasons. The first is that I am currently in our guest bedroom, which is partially. I mean, we had we had the bathroom redone. And yeah. basically the guest bedroom was the place to put all the excess bathroom related things. So I've got that around me. We went to Vegas for probably what four days in transit via a variety of locations. And I've been working long hours and my wife's had strep throat. So the house is kind of excuses, excuses, <laughs> excuses. Well, no, I'm in quarantine currently from my <laughs> spiritual advisor, which means that I'm in the guest bedroom together with a bunch of bathroom related stuff which hasn't gone back in the bathroom can't she just stay in the kitchen yeah well apparently the rope goes to the bedroom (laughs) and she's in the bedroom so yes yeah not worth fighting about it my perspective with periscope was really more that it was an experiment associated with primarily could it bring in new listeners i like the idea Mm. i just think how we just have to figure out how to use it i don't i i still felt it was an imposition well i mean to put it in perspective the incidence of people actually adding stuff to the chat was about once every five minutes. It was not a free-flowing conversation that was going on between the no, various it, people. No, it shouldn't. Well, yeah. th- th- they can do that if they want to. We mm. shouldn't even look at that no, until I, we're done. Certainly. And, and then, then, yeah. then you can go through there and decide whether there's anything interesting or yeah. not. <laughs> it's interesting because once we introduced it as a thing and once you'd warmed to it as a thing... You didn't really yeah. mind the interruptions in a very no, well-defined format. No, you did initially. 
and thing, I did always. I just quit complaining about well, it. Well, did you? I, you seemed a lot more free flowing about it later. But well, you just get on with it. Yeah. It's just I felt I still felt it was an imposition. I don't think we should look at that. Yeah. And we shouldn't have any knowledge about it yeah. until we're done, yeah. and then we'll take a break. Yeah. and go over that. I stuff. guess. See. I guess my thought was if we introduce it again, and we may introduce it again in the future. Yeah. If we are looking to get new listeners into this thing, having it as a thing that we do at the very end probably wouldn't encourage them to stick around. The statistics that I found interesting was in the first the first time we did it. Well, but the, the listeners are only – I don't understand the logic of that at all. Let me finish and then maybe you <laughs> might understand because if you cut me at that point, it might not make okay. any sense. All right. The first time we did it, which was two recordings ago, we had, I think, 60 or so people that came in just to have a look around. 60 people mm-hmm. pe- pe- who, over the period of time, came and went. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. How the did they find out about well, it? Well, let me talk about the next time, and then we can talk about this process. Right. The next time, we had only 10. <laughs> and of this group, six were like hardcore Stone Ape fans. Okay. So my perspective is that the Periscope broader audience looking for content yeah. wised up to us within the first recording, and by the time the second recording came around, they weren't particularly interested. So we well, lost I that. Don't, I, I still, yeah. I don't, I, honestly, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. It just doesn't make any – your explanations of the behavior are fantasies. I mean, they're your, that's a way of looking at it. It's a way of thinking it. Sounds like you. It's. I guess what it is. It sounds like you're trying to justify not doing it. <laughs> no, let me explain. I've spent okay. a lot of time on Periscope. It's a floating community of typically between 300 and 400 people. It's not huge. I mean, the whole thing. Yeah, worldwide, very three four hundred in, in periods of time oh, associated okay. with Periscope content. It's not a huge number of people. Okay, it's a new technology. Oh, but it's it's something that people yeah. have looked yeah. at. Yeah, of this group. Yeah, these are, I wouldn't say they were tastemakers necessarily, but they're people who are interested in trying out new technology and potentially there may be some overlap to people that listen sure, to podcasts. Sure, yeah. Well, it's just, it's an audience that we can tap and, and try it. But, uh, mm. but see, what I'm thinking is what, they're going to be captured by the content of the stuff, not any, any other bullshit. The rest of it's bullshit. They're going to just be listening. Mm. Well, they're not, I, you know, under, and under all the they're going to hear is our yeah. is the Stone Ape podcast. But under the defined format as specified by you, that's exactly what they're going to be doing. All they're going to be doing is listening. Well, in, in during, like I say, I, I could see having the show in the show. God, it's the first time I've ever said that. <laughs> You've said it at least five times. Oh, have I? Yes. Shame on me. Damn, and I didn't even notice it the first four. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I could easily see us doing it in two parts. Potentially so. Yeah. We or could we could per- we just do what we normally and, do, yeah. and then we'll stop yeah. and take it, and, and we both can examine it. I mean, the text yeah. part of it, you know, yeah. and, and we'll talk about it and uh, decide what to do with it. Yeah. We may do nothing with it. My advice for you specifically would be to install Periscope on your iPhone uh-huh. and actually see what it is. Get a sense I, of it I don't really care. Okay. I trust you. Okay. I, I think, you know. There was just I, some non-trust in terms of the general analysis, how I prescribed certain things. But if you trust me, that's fine. I, I'm, I don't really understand. All I'm concerned with is if we can 
you know, put this of, I think it would be interesting if we had some interesting people hmm. commenting and, uh, and even bringing online. Certainly. You know, I mean, to have live listeners opens up all sorts of possibilities. Unfortunately, you know, most people are brain dam brain damaged language monkeys. So, yeah. you know, the issue is for them to convince us that they're not brain damaged language monkeys. I mean, what I found interesting with the second recording with Periscope was the density of folks who, you know, typically gather on the Facebook group as well but also just to have them interacting live. I mean, people listening from New Zealand, Australia. Yeah, I like that idea. US yeah, and the US and probably cool Canada idea. as well. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, certainly, you know. So from- out of those 3,000, my guess is there may be 30. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess in a broader sense, the technical changes that I had to make associated with presenting audio mm-hmm. and also... I think for a group of listeners doing this occasionally yeah. as a means of, you know, if they're super fans, just seeing the general interaction, the way in which the shows are recorded, these kind of things, that works. Yeah, I think it's a yeah. cool idea. I yeah. really do. But like I say, I, I really see it's got to be two really distinct sections. Mm. You know, the first thing is what we always do. No interruptions, mm-hmm. no bullshit, just you and me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, <laughs> blowing off our steam. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and then we'll stop and take a look at what we got. Yeah. You know, and whoever's there is there. Yeah. <laughs> it really doesn't have to be any big deal. Yeah, no, that was my feeling. And my feeling was not to do it every show, but just to do it occasionally uh, and see what comes out. Why not do it every Is it too much? Is it more trouble or well, what? Well, I'm currently in a very thin cotton t-shirt in a very messy room talking to you. My perspective yeah. is to be the face of Periscope requires certain things. I mean, last time we recorded, I literally had an electric light hanging about two and a half feet from my head. Who cares? What difference does that make? For my general comfort, it makes some no, difference. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, for the podcast. I mean, so that's the, all. The only thing of any interest is is what we're talking about. To a certain extent, yes. I mean, there's a, this is why I would encourage you to actually have a look at Periscope to get a sense of the technology. But if that's too much time, just let me well, explain. Well, like I say, it's just video. Yeah. you got a camera in it, and whatever you're pointing it at, yeah. other people are seeing. Yeah, there is a kind of like equivalent where people put hearts out associated with whether oh, yeah. they like the content. Um, yeah. And there is, like I say, a relatively minimalist chat. Because yeah. you're dealing with a, you know, a small. But it's all in real device. time, and, and if you got five or six people, they can actually be having a conversation amongst themselves. They rarely do that, though, because the way the way you interact with a handheld device is very different than the way you interact on a computer, which is why. <laughs> oh, that's right. This is only available yeah. on phones. Yes. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> so it's just a different. Fascinating. Yeah. Yes. I, I'll have, yeah. See, because I, I never even use my phone is like a phone. Yeah. <laughs> and an alarm clock. It's a. Yeah. It's great for that shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, listeners, please provide feedback. Those that were on Periscope, those I that want like to see it. Periscope. I, I don't think it has to be any big deal. If it's not, I mean, if we can do it in a way that's not inconvenient. Mm. It just so that people can, if they want to, it's mm. really, it's just there. You know, yeah. if people want to come, fine. If not, yeah. fine. Who cares? Yeah. But what my hope is that, you know, it eventually, you know, there might be some interesting people show up. Yeah. And, well, I mean, and certainly we, the last recording, that was the case. I mean, there was the guy that sent you the DMT and a few other folk. And actually, I should probably send a shout out to Connor Sites Bowen. 
because oh, yeah. a week after he gets the house, he's hospitalized. Is he, so, is he still in the hospital? I kind of am getting the sense that he had some major tests, and I just haven't been on Facebook yeah. for the past few days. Yeah. I thought he might have been released in the you know, past few days, but I haven't really been on Facebook to check up with him. But, Connor, these houses, they're stressful things. You've just <laughs> got to get your life in order when you uh, get into this stuff. And uh, thank you for uh, using your hospital visit as a means of listening to the back catalogue of our Yeah, uh, that's list. great. It was really good PR for us. <laughs> I, I, I swear <laughs> yes. to God, now, you can't beat that. Yeah, you know? that, that emergency room PR, that's exactly uh, yeah, the kind of yeah, PR yeah, you no, need. That's cool. Well, no, the fact that we're talking about it now, yes. you know, and everything, it's, it's just, it's cool. Yes. Know. We we need sponsors for this kind of, this good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I can't recall whether I think it was before I left for Vegas because it's in my notes associated with the time before. But I discovered that my cousin, who is in his I think late twenties, maybe early thirties now, discovered Alan Watts through YouTube. And it struck me I mean, his father is a retired police officer. He's historically, at least the family is probably the more right wing part of our family. Yeah. And, <laughs> and this guy discovered Alan Watts. Yeah, now he does travel internationally, which is a huge plus for me. People that travel internationally and make the choice to travel internationally, immediately their whole perspective oh, yeah. is, is different. Yeah, it gets widened. Yeah. A bit. And I'm, I didn't inquire too heavily associated with how he discovered Alan Watts. Uh, but it seems like he's actually listened to a lot of Alan Watts' stuff, and this one particularly jumped. Over him. how long? Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know the details. I didn't want to have a drawn-out discussion with him associated with this. I just wanted to get a sense of how do you listen to other Alan Watts, yeah. and was he I mean, aware of Alan he, Watts? he's a big a, fan. Then. Yeah. He'd say oh, he's yeah. a fan of yeah. Alan Watts in the yeah. sense that I'm a fan. Of, so obviously Alan Watts had some reading Alan Watts uh, at the time he did <laughs> yeah. uh, had some or well, watching it on YouTube on I mean maybe it was yeah. oh that's right or whatever yeah. yeah 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 it's interesting yeah. actually the Alan Watts podcast is probably the worst way to consume Alan Watts because they give I think 15 minutes worth of Alan Watts which they then cycle add another five minutes take away another five minutes and then try to get you to download a $40 app which gives you as much of Alan yeah. Watts audio that they put out. YouTube is a far better way of actually consuming yeah. Yeah. Alan Watts digitally. Is it all there? Because I've got about, I, I don't remember, I think it's like three gigabytes yeah. of audio files of his lectures, you know, four hour, yeah. you know, four one hour lectures, all, all of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, is that all available now? I think most somehow? of it's available on YouTube. I mean, in YouTube, that format, though, I mean, in long mm, audio yeah, form. Yeah, I think yeah. I think a good portion of it is this podcast business yeah. is annoying because they now are, like, holding copyright it's on capitalism. some of stuff. It's, it's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> it's just stupid that this, we have to play these fucking games. Yeah. This is a microcosm of capitalism, quite ironically being used on Alan Watts, of all people. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, when it should just all be there. <laughs> yes. But no, it, it makes me realize actually that all all these different kinds of media are ways of, you know, reaching similar ideas in Audio, different yeah, formats. Yeah, 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 it's just somehow to get it out. Well, it's all there now, really. Yeah. It, uh, but yeah, we're still thinking about it in old ways, I think. Well, I think some of some folk are, but I think those that are consuming it through new methods are getting it through all means necessary. Yeah. I, I'm not a fan of adding video to Watts. Oh, yes. Yes. You know? Uh, <laughs> well, 
I mean, it's probably better than nothing, but uh, yeah. you know, it, it's 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 interpretation. There's no way you, you can not put your interpretation on it, and I think that's bullshit. Let's put it this way: the way in which you first came to Watts had your own. I mean, the whole nature of interpretation. Yes, it is. Oh, rubbish, of course, but, it's always yeah. But <laughs> the perspective. It's difficult to come to anything without having. I mean, I I think about this when I listen to certain pieces of music. That no, I, but see, what I'm saying yeah. is, it's a distraction Be- because the original impulse yeah. was linguistic only. Well, except originally they went and saw Alan Watts perform, right? Yeah, I, I know, but Watts was performing in the domain of language and also a physical domain. Well, and and, and his yeah yeah yes. no, you're right. It's always there. I'm just saying uh, that I. I I, it's just a personal thing, I guess. Exactly. I, I don't I mean, think you're it's, on a slippery you know. slope when you can start ascribing the correct way to listen to Alan no, Watts. You're, <laughs> no, you're right. I can only give my opinion about what yes. I think about it, and yes. that's all I have. Yes. So one of the locations, this was a pretty epic trip to get to Vegas. We went through Yosemite, stayed in a place called Mammoth, headed down through the desert, basically. Mammoth Lake? Mammoth Lake, yeah. yes. Yeah. I've done a lot of backpacking in that area. (laughs) Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. But before we get there, my I've never been to Yosemite before, but my recollection was that one of my one of the investors in one of my startups was a woman by the name of Kelsey Phipps. And my recollection was that she died in a plane crash in October 2000. And my recollection was the plane crash was actually in Yosemite. When I got back following this Vegas adventure, I actually looked up the conditions of her plane crash. She died in St. Louis Obispo. But what struck me more through this was the conditions after her death, which I had some insight in because they related to a fellow who was, you know, part of Wozniak's in a crew who had basically set up a trust that he then acquired from this woman, from her, you know, monies from her death. And then proceeded to maintain for her children for, well, up until the present day. And the conditions of this trust and his maintenance of the trust was the subject of multiple litigations, which I found through this search when I got back. It chilled me to my core to read about this because I actually (laughs) knew this individual. In fact, soon after this woman had died, just as I was making my decisions about what I was going to do, particularly with regards to leaving the Bay Area, he invited me to set up a similar trust which I thought was very strange at the time, and I cultivated an exit strategy to get out of this area and have had nothing to do with any of these individuals pretty soon following. He tried to get invited to my wedding as well, which was rather curious. He called up a mutual, well, not even a mutual friend, a friend of mine who he thought might give the location and the time of our wedding so he could crash that. But since, for the past 15 years since this woman's death, he has been living off this trust fund that was set up for her kids and doing a wide variety of things that were part of these litigations. The kids, through their father, have tried quite desperately to get this fellow off their trust because he's done a variety of things and basically cut all communicative ties. He sends an annual update. But um, the language of this individual... Wait, and why has that not happened? You say they've tried and... and- the courts have a perspective because this woman nominated him as the trustee before her death, that carries weight in the courts, which means he needs to do just completely grievous things in order to get removed from the trust. And, like, day trading on the trust's money and not communicating with the kids 
and a variety of other things right, aren't so, grievous uh, enough by the court But the, the court's kids, standards. all the people involved, though, are mm. don't want him there. Exactly. <laughs> and that more doesn't over, count. <laughs> more, yeah, moreover, the, the amount that he pays himself in salary, which was yeah. actually the, you know, my kind of final day's interaction with him was through this. And my understanding was that the, there was a case, which I couldn't find through this, this is only the immediate public records, associated with the nature of her death and various other things, which were really quite curious. None of that is in the record. But yeah, I don't... The mentality of, like, maintaining yourself in this circumstance for, like, continued litigation purposes, even when you're encountering a salary, just the whole thing chilled oh, me yeah. to my core. Yeah. You know, the whole idea of, you know, of living your life... At, at that, with that kind of yeah. bullshit going on, man. Well, that's yeah. the, that was the yeah. nature of my experience with these people was that yeah. they all had these things going on in parallel. Oh, a lot of people have yeah. all sorts of fucking people. Apparently, love the drama. Yeah, they they say they don't. Yeah, clearly, but, they do. but they're full of shit. Yeah. They do. <laughs> so we meandered through Yosemite and ended up in in Mammoth, which is Mammoth Falls, Mammoth Lake. I mean, it's all the same area, basically. Yeah. In, in, uh, Northern California. Yeah. And, well, that's really n- not Northern California. Well, sorry, but yeah. you know, Northern California is divided at St. Louis Obispo. If it's north of that, then it's Northern California. I oh. would agree, but it's what they call it here. Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah. For me, th- maybe well, we I'm call not- it Central California because maybe it is actually, yeah. you're right. Paso Robles is on the coast there. So you're right. It probably is lower than Northern California. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. It's yeah. below halfway. Yeah. 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 Okay. So northern Southern California. Anyway. But it's beautiful country. It's God, interesting it's, country. It's From awesome. my perspective, it's now like a wealthy skiing town. Well, it's been like that for a long time. Except it's probably expanded considerably since you were there. Yeah, in it's terms probably, of chalets. Yeah, yeah but yeah, but yeah, I, but that's in the town. I mean, that you got to expect that, you know. Don't uh, necessarily. Just, yeah. Well, I mean, the town ends though, doesn't it? Yeah, and then you're just out in the countryside yeah. again. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, my experience of Mammoth previously was on some snowboarding Xbox computer game. So I knew the lay <laughs> of the land from that experience, which I had played at my in-laws um, back in 2005 as a way of like creating my own cognitive environment at my in-laws. Uh, but yeah, I didn't have a lot of time for Mammoth. The place that we stayed was extremely overpriced, and I slept actually on the... Um, Sofa bed that was available, uh, polyester sheets. In the lobby. (laughs) Yeah, it was just not a pleasant experience. And a bunch of, a bunch of like really curious tourists, a bunch of French tourists and Australian tourists. And wherever I see Australians, I typically just hide my head and run. Experiences through the week associated with that as well. Um, so yeah. (laughs) <laughs> when finally we got to Vegas, however, we were given the ability, uh, less than we paid for the room, to upgrade to a penthouse suite. So we were, had two nights in a penthouse suite in the centre of the Strip, which was just surreal to me. My spiritual <laughs> advisor had to go to her sister's party, but I spent all my time on the Strip and a good portion of it in this penthouse suite. So there's a Strip now in... Um... Las Vegas. Oh, in Vega. Okay. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Sorry. So, I, I was bringing <laughs> <laughs> the Sierras into this. Yeah. Two, two things that came up through this, this trip. I was sitting in my penthouse suite with nothing better to do uh, on YouTube watching Vice. And they had this thing in the UK. They have what they call legal highs, 
which are basically like two or three chemical changes from THC to get cannabis-like substances that they can still sell to people. In fact, they have both powder pills <laughs> yeah, and cannabis-like yeah, substances. Yeah, new worlds in chemistry opening up all exactly, the time. <laughs> exactly. So they had this Vice documentary, which predictably was how bad these legal highs are and all this kind of stuff. And I thought, I'm sick of just getting a single narrative. What I'm going to do is Google... That's right. There must be a whole bunch of those people on YouTube. Yeah, like Google at least reviews of this stuff and maybe find someone yeah. that says something slightly different than the dominant yeah. narrative that yeah. these are killing homeless people and this kind of stuff. <laughs> and I discovered Captain Love and the Mad Hippie. And this was something which almost was kind of caviar-like in my experience because it's filmed on a really bad camera about five years ago, these guys collectively have about 30 YouTube clips together. Uh, the Captain Love ones are more documentary in nature. The Mad Hippie is just strictly to his webcam. But he talks about... The Mad Hippie, who's being interviewed for most of the stuff, talks about his experience with legal highs and that, in fact, it's considerably superior to the standard street drugs that he's been offered over the past three decades. He has an interesting account of taking DMT, which I had never heard previously, which involved taking it with a balloon and in inhaling the DMT and then blowing it into a balloon and then re-inhaling it through the balloon a few times as, I guess, a means of oh, interesting, yeah, prolonging the, the DMT experience. Maybe also the positive pressure <laughs> into the lungs. I don't really know. I don't know. It's certainly going to build up your lungs, filling that up again. Yes, it's an interesting <laughs> from, from yes, within. Yeah. Yes. So it turns out that these two, but the Mad Hippie in particular, are frequent attendees of the annual Stonehenge Festival, which occurs, I think, potentially either on the longest day of the year. Or it must be the longest day of the year. Anyway, so at some time. Well, it's either summer, or winter. Yeah, it's, it's some time. Yeah. Um, by the clothes they were wearing, which were like heavy winter clothes, I'm pretty sure it's, it's winter mid-summer. solstice. No, yeah. I'm pretty it's sure it's year. the summer solstice in the UK, actually. Oh, and the, <laughs> no, Stonehenge is in the north. I if understand. They had winter coats. They, have you ever been to the UK, Heron? In the you winter. You wear your winter coats. Yeah. You wear your winter coats even through summer in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> Really? In some places, and Stonehenge is probably one of those places. Really? Yes. What would they have, have been, been wearing if it was? Uh, what would they have been wearing if it was not, not summer? You just see their noses <laughs> peeking out from these really? things. I've never known. Have you been no, to I the didn't UK? Know that. No. Okay, I didn't know that. That's uh, that's a new one on me. Good. Hmm. Thanks. Have you been to the UK? No, of course not. Okay, because you made reference that you might have been like in inflection through some of that. So oh, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. So I watched these folk. He has, um, the Mad Hippie is filmed taking Salvia for the first time, and he curls up into a kind of fetal position and then comes back and gives stream of consciousness descriptions associated with that. I think I saw that one. That's yeah, one of the also, ones you put up, yeah, right? He also yeah. has an account of buying weed that has like shards of glass in it and various other things. I mean, it's very curious <laughs> the kind of extended discussion that these folk get into. But, you know, when you've got an afternoon in a penthouse looking out over the pretty young things, you know, enjoying Las Vegas, this is the kind of stuff that you look up. An experience that I had in Australia, which was repeated on this Las Vegas trip, was catching up with a friend who has children. 
In Australia, I was very polite and reserved and didn't say anything associated with various parental assertions that my peer was making. But by the time I got to Las Vegas, primarily because I'd been shut in in this penthouse suite for a day, I decided to let my Las Vegas friend have it a little bit. And it was associated with his son is 11 currently. And recently has discovered pornography. (coughs) Of a, a very extreme kind, and it was interesting oh. because in talking with well, on, him, online, I guess, yes, right? You're not yes. of course. God, well, what a what a wonderful thing! Praise Bob. You yeah. know, we didn't have to go to the magazine racks and try and. Well, well, for me, it was for me it was VHS, but it was actually similar content. I mean, I I made a joke with him initially <laughs> to say that you know German urination films were my introduction <laughs> to the pornographic form. <laughs> And he said, well, apparently all the rage now are these women that sit in bathtubs and defecate on themselves. Oh, that sounds good. You know, do we really need to talk about that? I guess it's I guess important. This couple, is important. There are a couple of things that I want to make, a couple of points that I wanted to make. <laughs> in the trip back from Vegas, I put to my spiritual advisor that the nature of accessing pornography and the delta that seems to occur, well, I mean, for me, I guess I was probably a similar age. I might have been 12 when I saw this German urination film. But there's no pornography because of the laws associated with this that are pitched at teenagers. So the teenagers come to this form with nothing actively <laughs> marketed to them and just yeah. find the most biz- bizarre stuff that they can possibly well, of find course. in there. <laughs> yes, what would you do? Yeah. <laughs> So talking with my friend, I said, look, and of course, his, his reaction is textbook. He's now blocking the internet from his child. He's now like, burning cables to stop the child from getting access to this. And of course, the child is timeshared between him and his ex-wife. Yeah. So the stepfather apparently caught the kid making his own porn videos. Oh. Which... He's a capitalist as well. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and the stepfather strikes me as being of, of a caliber who I wouldn't want to have interacting with anyone. But his response to the kid was to ask the kid if he was gay. And the kid responded, of course, you know, as to get the maximum possible reaction. Kids aren't stupid in these circumstances. <laughs> but this struck me as, I mean... The phenomena associated with all these things relates to the culture, the digital technology, but also the complete loss of any notion of privacy that exists currently. Yeah. Well, the whole concept of self is really getting mm. blur- blurry. Mm. <laughs> you know? I mean, not not explicitly yet, although mm. I hope that's coming. But uh, all this stuff calls all sorts of stuff into question. Mm. People who struggle with weight, you know, or anything, you know, people who do stuff they know they say they don't want to do, but do anyway, Mm. then who the fuck am I? Who is this person doing the doing and saying the doing the saying? Mm. Uh, But if you get stonian on it, then there is no I within this thing, right? Well, well, yeah, but I mean – that's the conclusion that I came to, but I mean, that's of no use to someone who's yet to come to that conclusion. Just mm-hmm. telling them the answer is of no use. 
but I can actually come, come to, to a conclusion. People can come to this conclusion through a variety of different means, other than just yeah. consuming your work. Of course, yeah, yeah. And I certainly don't think you're alone, nor do I think that this idea is alien to the. I mean, my perspective has always been that people can come to this independently, and a number of folk have come to this independently. We've quibbled in the past associated with percentage numbers. But I think increasingly there are a variety of folk that when you have a conversation with them, they they have already reached the conclusion that you have drawn. Yeah, in a sense, it's this whole thing about knowing something and knowing that you know it. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think there are a lot of people who know a lot of this stuff, but I don't think they know that they know it yet. They just need to hear it enough Mm. until they go, oh, yeah, Mm. I get it. (laughs) Yes. It's been there for a long time. I just hadn't seen that quite that way. Yes. I recorded a short funk earlier in the week associated with the notion of reprogramming. I didn't want to use any of the standard you know, psychobabble associated with a variety of different forms of reprogramming. But just by, it's it's interesting because I've had a synchronicity having recorded that podcast, I haven't yet quite put it out. And I've had a number of conversations with people through the week, perhaps because it's in the front of my mind, but oftentimes <laughs> these have been initiated by the other people interacting with me. Or at least guided this. by your... No, actually, it's very strange. Well, I mean, just, yeah, guided by my presence. This is the yeah, crazy yeah, kind right, of yeah, shit that Tom yeah, usually yeah, talks yeah, about, so... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You create your own reality distortion field. We all attempt to. Certainly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm very successful at that. Actually. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they always accuse Steve Jobs of it, but I mean, we all strive for that. You know. Yeah. yeah it's an interesting, interesting phenomena. But do, I mean, when you talk to folks about reprogramming, particularly in the nature of reprogramming for survival, like you know, when you have to survive, you do things, and you actually reprogramming have to what. Well, but, but let's call it the inner narrative to be Estonian. Let's call it the language machine. Okay. In in regard then to specifically some application of that. Is but it- an average language monkey on the street, certainly as they interact with me, can readily acknowledge the fact that their inner narrative is reprogrammed, their language machine is reprogrammed via, via a variety of circumstances. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you yeah. can sit down and talk with somebody who's not really stupid... <laughs> Yeah. You know, then, yeah, it's, this is not rocket science shit. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the stuff associated with reprogramming is framed in negative light. And yeah. that's what interests me through this is actually when I look at the heaviest periods of my own reprogramming or at least ad- adapting to environments, oftentimes it relates to things which initially look very positive, you know, like mm-hmm. coming to a new place for a new job with a new salary, these kind of things. Mm. But actually, the circumstances that go through this affect change similar to circumstances that have been very negative relating to, you know, verbal threats of physical violence, all this <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah. you know. And yeah. looking at that in that kind of continuum, you start eliminating this notion of good and bad and just looking at the transitions. Which I well, yeah, is- and look at what's going on and decide, you know, what kinds of things you want to be involved in yeah. and, and what kinds of things you don't. Yeah. So, my friend in Las Vegas also confided something in me that he kind of looks to me for advice. And it's something that I find very difficult about the kind of stuff that I do. Advice in what domain? uh, Professional, personal here, obviously associated with his son. 
you know, just he comes okay. to right. me for advice. Should I charge a lot of money for that? Kind of context. I don't feel comfortable with that. I mean, I don't think I've I'm in any position to actually start giving people advice. Well, no, un- unless they're paying you a whole bunch of money for it. Yeah, but even <laughs> at a kind of social level, I mean, I certainly have made a series ah. of missteps, and actually, ah, I kind ah, of come I got to this. No, no, yeah, yeah. I, I get you. I don't know what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah, well, it's not, see, I don't think it's about being professional. It's mm. about it's about feeling that you're ready to start doing that. Mm. Well, yeah, no, that, but yes. You know, because but, you don't know yeah. <laughs> what you might feel like doing. Yeah. Also, I mean, my, my set of life experiences are very confined around the bizarre shit that has kind of fallen in front of me. <laughs> and although a bunch yeah. of bizarre shit has fallen in front of me, it doesn't mean that... I guess it returns to this whole notion of the truth. You know? <laughs> ah, the this truth. whole notion that, you know... There is some way it really is. Whereas my view is I just laugh about outlandish shit and there's a sufficient quantity of outlandish shit. And I think that's so completely removed from any notion of advice. That, well, um, no, I, I see. I think that's, that's very good advice. Most people aren't even aware of that as an option. Yes. Seriously. You know, I, I agree. I agree completely. And these are typically the kind of people but, that will give you unwarranted advice. Well, yeah. Uh-huh. That's why you make them pay for it, because otherwise you're wasting your time. Yes. Yes. In the beautifully caterpillar, but still worth discussing because it has deep... Well, actually, it has a variety of different perspectives that I want to explore. Yeah, yeah. Cecil the Lion. Oh, this, this, boy. Oh, yes. Yeah. This may be... It clearly isn't under your radar. <laughs> I've got to point out, Stone Ape broke this story about two years ago. We started talking about... And they predate, obviously, even two years ago. But we started talking about the ethics of these hunting trips, in inverted commas, where they push out some old line and some rich guy <laughs> shoots it. Two years ago, folks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We are, we are trailblazers associated with this yeah, particular yeah. topic. Yeah, do we have the date? We should re re. I, I was going to go back and actually, yep, yeah, I'm, I was going to go back and actually, that one. yeah. yeah. Make the yeah, that, yeah. Um, market that one. We see. Yeah. <laughs> My perspective associated with Cecil is this line has become considerably more famous and more revered in death than it ever clearly did. No, no, no. It's a good thing he's dead. Fuck him. <laughs> Our collective body of work could be treated in a similar light. <laughs> Taken out and paraded in front of somebody and shot? Well, that would be us. And then our collective <laughs> work would be, uh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yes, I don't know. I was, I got a, um, a Van Gogh, it's 100, is it 125 years or 150 years for Van Gogh's suicide? Maybe uh, yesterday. Who knows? Anyway, maybe 100. It's a long time ago. Yes. He's an old dude, old dead dude. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. But his death created some of his phenomena, which kind of then percolated on from that. I've always wondered the paradox associated with being considerably more, like, you know, after you have any means of accessing it, and probably through blatant and erroneous reinterpretation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How stuff gets to be what it gets to be yes. is, is a tricky path. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yes, the, the reinterpretation of uh, a variety of things. And, you know, I mean, Kelsey Phipps, I mean, you know, you die in a plane crash and then... Your existence becomes memorialized in a trust fund. 
which people dispute and counter-dispute. Your sense of what you're doing currently, the editing, the audio, the kind of putting stuff out there, versus the meetups. We haven't really talked much about the meetups in recent no, it's not. I'm not thrilled. I'm going to reconsider. I've, I've avoided... I've been trying to get to free thinkers, atheists, starting that group. They're a bunch of fucking brain damage. Exactly. Now, I wouldn't go anywhere yeah. near atheists. Yeah, well, but I... You know... Well, a lot of them don't call themselves that, but... But in any case, basically what they are is recovering Christians. Exactly. And yeah. uh, so that's – well, I mean, and there's a percentage of them that would be okay. That's all right. But uh, there's nothing more there. Uh, so I've always sort of avoided all the meditation and yeah. new age shit. A couple know. of Fridays ago, you went to a meetup in the evening. How did that go? Um, which one was that? I've been to several. I don't, it was a Friday evening one that wasn't last Friday, but the Friday Oh, before. yeah, yeah. Um well, it basically was the deal killer for me, you know, as I realized, yeah, there's not much point in coming to these anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, my experience with meetups was not, I mean, it gathered together a group of folks, some of them were interesting, but after, I mean, the final meetup I did was attended by five people because they thought they could get it in podcast form or the remainder yeah. thought they could get it in podcast yeah. form and they did. Um, and yeah, I mean, like turning up in, in carbon in front of a bunch of people, particularly when you can get literally thousands times that number listening to general audio recording. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It loses some of its appeal. Well, I think they're both valid, especially mm. if you like. I like speaking in public. I had mm. fun with that thing in uh, in Fullerton. Yeah, I, but I, there haven't been any repeat performances, right? No, but I mean, if I wanted to, if I wanted to push it, I could probably find... Avenue. I mean, no, it's it's not that hard. I mean, speaking. There are plenty of groups mm. who want to have speakers. Well, have you thought about creating your own meetup and just? Oh yeah, so, yeah. yeah. It's one of the things that I'm. I'm but it sounds like you've given yeah. up. Pardon? I mean, these two ideas. You giving up on meetups and then creating your own. Oh meetups no, I'm not. Be... No, I'm not giving up on meetups. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that um, I, I'm going to broaden my scope. I, yes. I was focusing too narrowly. And again, and I realize I think it's going to be five percent of whatever group I go to. Mm. I don't think it may, I could probably go to a sewing circle, and five percent of them are going to yeah. get what I'm talking about. Well, if you ever if you ever make it up here, my wife has a collection of. <laughs> in fact, my friend Alex, who came to stay with me for three weeks, went to a yeah. couple of her sewing events and was able to convert a good number to his way of thinking. No, yeah. my perspective is actually you should probably be looking at those sewing circles, particularly in your. Well, that's of that's sort of the question is now. The thing is, I want to get in front of people. Yeah. I want to, I want to meet with you know language monkeys and and test things out with them and see mm. see what kinds of interactions are possible. You know, mm. and so yeah, I, I'd love your ah, that's perfect. This is what our this is why we have an audience. What the hell else? points yeah. there in having an audience what the hell what meetup groups in orange county california <laughs> basically yeah what meetup groups should i um infiltrate mm. you know? my perspective is actually you probably have a far better time if you actually created your own oh i intend to do that too but i thought there's no, no but work, I mean, no how many of these do experiments do you need to have in order to get sick of the meetup format? Well, I mean, well is, I'm not sick of no. Yeah. It's just about no. What it is, it's about for me is uh, trying shit out with people. Yeah. Because if you when you start a new meetup, yeah, you only get one shot to do it right. 
No, that's not true at all. No, no. Well, you can start it up again, I guess. Well, you can start up a different meetup. I don't, there's nothing. No, no, but the thing is, uh, the notice goes out when the thing is, if that doesn't draw enough people, then... uh, Meetup helps you because it informs you of keywords and it tells you the number of people that are searching the keywords that you put in even prior to creating the group and you can choose your keywords based on those numbers oh, yeah i understand that there are ways in which i know i know i know they can you know, in the water here no, Aaron, I, and actually create a meetup well um with the view that this fatalism yeah. i think is misplaced my experience with meetup the reason i stopped meetup was the cost and the time didn't justify the folks that were coming and clearly podcasts where it was at associated yeah. with reaching a broader group yeah sure yeah yeah physical meetups uh, are are tricky business, mm. I think. You know, mm. I mean, it's 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 very demanding. Mm. You have to get your ass over there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, now, isn't that interesting? How that's changed in the last decade or so. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I got to get in my car and drive somewhere. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yes, our perspective of space and time have certainly changed. Oh, man. And it's just like that in a a flash. Mm. Yeah, for most of the trip, here's a funny story. We were going through Yosemite, (laughs) and I realized I actually needed to buy a paper map. Um, really? Why? Oh, because the- there was no internet service. Oh, no internet service. We'd moved to a point where the maps in Yosemite Valley? Yeah. There's no internet service. There was oh, a that's small, good. Yes. That's nice. Yeah. Sorry to buy a paper map, Heron. <sighs> I, you know, it's funny because I usually am on I'm on the side of technology, but on the other hand, <laughs> well, the thing is, we had a screen all strain or screen. That's right, or strain. It's the same concept. Mm-hmm. All of the brain damage, brain dead language monkeys mm. out, not let them in there to begin with. Mm. If if, you know, that means only 5% would get in probably, and they can bring their iPads and their iPhones with them. Yeah, I've never been to Yosemite previously, but I had a feed of, like, National Geographics when I was in my early teens from my uncle. So I felt like I'd already been to Yosemite. It was very similar yeah. when I went to, uh, what's it called, the Grand Canyon. The yeah, Grand yeah, Canyon was yeah, exactly yeah, the same. Yeah, yeah, pretty much like all the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> But it was when when we got out of the standard <laughs> tourist loop, which you do via car, which I thought was yeah. the height of irony. When we got to the other side of Yosemite... <laughs> well, you could do it by horse, I guess. Well, you could do it by foot, but most people did it by car, which I thought was particularly curious. Anyway, we got out of that loop and we're just driving, and I realized that there was a lot of, you know, good bushwalking or whatever. What do you, I must call it bushwalking. Hiking is the term they use. Ah. Yeah. You know, there's good hiking in that area, but there's also good hiking over a good portion of, you know, Northern California. Oh, yeah, all over California, yeah. even down where I live, uh, 20 miles from here. There's some mm. nice nice hills, you know, Orange County. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's surprising, really. Yeah. yeah. In fact, there are cougars. A guy was actually killed there a couple of years ago yeah. <laughs> by a fucking cougar. Yeah. I'm not sure if you saw on my Facebook group, but there was a video footage of a German shepherd and her pups, which you probably missed. But it was beautiful video footage. I'll repost it to the Stone Ape Facebook okay. group. Okay, yeah, please. And the dog is playing, well, what appears to be playing with her puppies, but actually what she's doing is circling and then running away and then getting the puppies to follow her and then recircling and running away. And she's doing it in a stylized, playful fashion. 
And I realized actually that this is probably primary canine education. Like she's not just playing chasey or round up. She's actually educating these puppies what it is to be a dog. Well, it's not either or. Well, true. It's, yes, it's no, both and. The beauty here is that actually the education <laughs> is in play. It's there. Yes. Yeah. What's happening is happening. Who cares what you explain it as? Well, <laughs> it's interesting because I think the perception, the folks that perceived the video, like the people that originally filmed it and put it up, that she was just playing with her puppies and tiring them out. Missed a lot of the, well, that's one interpretation. Yeah, that's one missed story. a lot of the kind of stylized beauty of this dog yeah. actually clearly trying to show, maybe completely unexplicitly. Yeah, no, I understand exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I got it. I yeah. know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and I've, I mean, I've seen that behavior certainly. And it made me think about how we basically stifle animals in our general use, and we stifle children, and we stifle each other. Oh. This kind of created society, you very rarely get these vignettes into, a, you know, pr prior than social constraint, the way in which animals or humans or these kind of things interact. And it was really a beautiful vista in that element, which I find, you know, even though I own cats and this kind of stuff, and I mean, pretty... I'm not sure you own them. Well, <laughs> they own me. You cohabit with yes, them. Yes. <laughs> I, I corral them into a space where I am as well. They could leave any time they oh, want. Oh, many to. have, believe me. <laughs> many have. They and rightfully so for yeah. them. They left. They Certainly. got whatever happened after that. Yes. But uh, it was strange because the video had about 18 million views. And my biologist friends here, the paleobiologist Roy Plotnick, and people that had this background in kind of, I don't know, animal cognition, or at least interest in intelligence or survival more than anything, saw the video and commented and responded accordingly. And then there were a group of kind of Christian folk who commented and liked the thing accordingly. And I realized that actually, very similar to our initial discussion associated with Watson YouTube, there are so many ways to get ideas out to people where everyone has their own particular mm. perspective. <laughs> Framing information in this light is very, yeah. very interesting. That's right. You know, it, it gets in between all the categories. Yes. Because it it's just becomes uncategorizable. But there, hopefully there's some truth in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> listen that, to uh, you, Mr. Stone. Yeah, listen to me. I know, I know it's optimistic. Yeah. But I, th I think something like that, at least is what I'm assuming, really. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That simply being aware, it's, I mean, it's a tiny percentage of people right now, but mm. once you become aware of this stuff at this level... You can, there is no going back. Mm. Yes, it's interesting, the thought of animals corralling humans or pets corralling humans. <laughs> because, yeah, I've always pondered, given an environment of a, a stone, Estonian future kind of environment, where, you know, you only need to... You mean a reasonable stone. world? Yes, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. You know, okay. TM, Heronstone. Yeah. yeah. What happens to animals in this environment? Do animals have a similar luxury that the pets, for example, dogs, cats, you know, what have you? Are they, I mean, they must, by vicinity, get a similar kind of environment where they can frolic and do whatever they want through a period of the year and then, I guess, be pets for the remainder of the year. Well, the way I see it 
uh, yeah, for my utopian world, mm. uh, that humanity really withdraws to within these really threads, little little nodes of civilization and threads between them of communication mm. around the planet, hundreds of them maybe with with several million people each in one of the nodes maybe, and outside that is the pristine planet. <laughs> yes. So yeah. last yeah. recording. We talked about the optimizations that had been made in cannabis cultivation, moving towards this optimization associated with taste and smell. And you were so <laughs> viscerally disgusted at that. that well, you, but, well, just not to I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I just think it ought to be numbers two and three instead yes. of one and two. So I went back and found a few primary texts that <laughs> reference this, because at the time I couldn't reference anything. There's a character on YouTube called The Weed Nerd. Uh, he hasn't written anything, but he his breeding program, which I think is called TGA Genetics, if I if I remember correctly, is all about crazy taste and smell. But I went back to some of the primary cannabis breeder books. Um, it's two that stick in my mind are associated with Soma, who's the fellow who used to work at IBM, then he was given a few joints and started wearing <laughs> psychedelic suits to work, and then he left. And Anyway, so I read his book, which is actually very interesting for a variety of reasons. Yeah. And then I read a fellow called DJ Short, who's the US equivalent, but considerably more straight-laced than, than Soma. And both of them talk about their early breeding experiences, but then moving towards this optimization for taste and smell. Really? I also bought another book, which is called Advanced Cannabis Genetics on... Amazon. And what is the point of this? Is this because of marketing issues? Is it easier to sell stuff that tastes good? Is that the issue? The or genetics what? have been optimized associated with speed of growth. DJ Short makes the point that you can get bunk wheat very easily, that basically you can get weed that loses any, you know, psychotropic qualities. <laughs> yeah, it's called hemp. Well, yes, and the, 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 the refined genetics that we find today can be attributed to that. Don't, don't, yeah, well, originally, yes. And so what's, what's particularly curious through this is that both Soma and DJ Short kind of stumbled into cannabis cultivation. They didn't come to it with a focus on, you know, I want these kind of hallucinogenic properties or this kind of stuff. They had a, because it was so heavily illegal when they started in the 70s and early 80s, they had a series of missteps which introduced hermaphrodism and just where they could get the seeds from and then, you know, massive extinction through having grow rooms in people's houses in Florida where they kind of turned the lights off at the wrong times and all this other kind of stuff. So there was a whole series of mistakes. <laughs> then in the late yeah. 80s, you have the... Especially when you got a bunch of fucking stoners in Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so their expertise were kind of cultivated in error. The nature of land races are kind of secondary. I mean, DJ Short's account of, like, discovering these land races is very interesting. Because firstly, he trusts fundamentally where he gets the seeds from, but also he has accounts of various forms of cannabis, all, again, in the period of time of your early consumption of cannabis, i.e., you know, the late 60s, early 70s, where he was actually getting really interesting and potent strains through that period of time. He just couldn't always get seed stock for them. Wow. 
but the time frames <laughs> and the optimization of time frame, particularly to have these. So there really is. Is there a history that there needs to be a history of this written? Well, there is. This is my. It point. hasn't been written, it. or is this what you're doing now? No, look, Soma and DJ Short both have advanced cannabis, you know, breeding guides. Soma is more general. DJ Short yeah. has some. No, general I mean, there's a historical document. Oh, I think that would be fascinating. But no, no one's going. To, I mean, my perspective is critical. And my perspective is, it's very curious that we've ended up here. There's a bunch of illegality and other strange stuff that went on through a period here. <laughs> Why don't we like start afresh? Why don't we go back to what was yeah. what they? What were would we like? What what would it be like in a reasonable world? Exactly, which is slowly <laughs> emerging. Yeah, yeah, know? I agree. Yeah. So why don't we it's emerge? It's going to take a while. <laughs> and part of that is associated with this broad community, which is now so totally focused on firstly cannabis all looking the same, and then just having these kind of taste and smell variances. I just variances. don't get that. See, I was thinking, uh, well, I guess it's those people I see there at the clinic, mm. they really look like brain-dead mm. language monkeys. Mm. Apparently they are. Tonight, through a series of circumstances, <laughs> I found myself in my old neighborhood where I used to live, and I was walking past a, an area that used to be a dispensary area, and I saw two guys wandering into the building, which was now empty, talking about their various growing practices. These were obviously still the leaseholders of the place. And I just thought, these <clears> people are not... I wouldn't stop them for conversation. I mean, this is my experience of going to, like, Hemfest and not even getting in, because I just realised that these people are not coming with the same kind of perspective. It's night and day, basically. So, yeah, yeah. But that's every, you're just going to have to get used to that because that's everything. That, that's not any different. No matter what you try to do, that's what you're going to run up Certainly, against. because there's an that's existing it. culture. That's, well, that's the world we're in right yeah. now. That's the job ahead of us. Certainly. <laughs> I wanted to just provide references for folks who might be following along with us at home. I can't give any more editorializations associated with this idea, but... Uh, it's certainly something that continues to interest me. I don't, having had one experience of trying to approach someone who may have been in this vein, having a very curious experience, see the previous recording for more, I don't think I'm going to be doing any more language monkey interactions associated with this <laughs> in the foreseeable future. <laughs> Except to say, yeah. I, I remain confident that the genetics still exist in far-flung parts of the world, and, you know. Yeah, well, we'll recover it, or, or we yeah. won't. You know, and that's yeah. pretty much up to us. Yeah. Well, actually, it's pretty much up to you, Tom. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Aaron. And I, yeah, there are going to be some interesting perturbations in the future, but um, yes. Yeah. And I appreciate it. I'm glad that somebody's worried about this shit. Yeah. I think, um, well, I, it, yeah, the whole idea of drugs is, is a, you know, of, of the ability to change your mind. Mm. Is, is just such an interesting arena to play in. Mm. <laughs> I have a number of primary textbooks that explain the manufacture, at least of LSD. And these were textbooks that were given to university students. It's something that I've often pondered that in terms of my general level of chemistry, in terms of my knowledge, you can buy all the equipment on Amazon. Yeah, I think if you're... Yeah, yeah, yeah you don't... Yeah, anybody who has a certain bent of mind, could uh, could do that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it does strike me as strange that... Yeah, anybody could make a bomb. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know? Dirty bomb particularly. Well, all sorts of bombs. Yeah. Shit. You know? 
<laughs> you can do all sorts of things if you put your mind to yeah, it. Yeah, all it takes is a miscreant teenager. Oh, man, it's scary when you think about that. Definitely. Too. <laughs> oh, Definitely. Yes. So I'm I'm fresh out of topics here, Heron. Do you want to anything? Caught your well, mind the idea that so up? many people are killing everybody around the planet. Really, it's beginning to get on my nerves. Oh, it's been on my nerves for a number of years now. Well, I've been, you know, it's just, boy, you know, we really got to step things up here or something. I, I, can't, I can't agree with you more. The, this week, the phenomena that is the head of the Taliban hasn't existed in any way, shape, or form <laughs> for the past three years, and we've continued this all-out war against this. I mean... <laughs> You, well, the whole thing again. The whole, the whole goddamn framework. The whole, <laughs> the whole thing is up for grabs now. It, it it staggers me that there aren't enough free agents, free intelligent agents through any of these institutions to bring any of this into question. I mean, the emperor is not naked. yet. The well, emperor is nude. You know, well, millions it, of dollars. It, it's can in just... your perception. That's the thing. You know, I mean, people people are deep in the trance of language. I think this goes beyond language. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, well, of course it does. It's, it goes much deeper. I'm just, from my perspective, I mean, that's the only thing we can actually do. I don't know what what else you can well, work. Let, let me take this from a different direction. Okay. Clearly, there's a lot of language associated with a paycheck and receiving a paycheck on a regular well, basis. Well, language is involved in everything we do. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But especially those kinds of things. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the nature of a phony war, which has no semblance of, yeah, you know, it just... It, well, it depends yeah. on whose set of facts you believe. Why do you have to believe any facts? I mean, every fact that you receive associated with this thing, if you understand any other fact, well, no, no, I, I agree with you. I, 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 yeah, I agree with you. But I mean, yeah. that, like I say, that's what you just sort of—that's that's the job—is to fix precisely that. Yeah. I mean, I—you're right. Yeah. My current perspective is because I've said this to a number of people in the past few weeks. A number of people have said, "Right on." <laughs> The legitimacy of the current political system, I think, needs to be brought into question. And this is something that I'm running with. I talk to people yeah. about. Well, I would be careful with that if I was you. <laughs> uh, my perspective is the worst thing that could happen to me is that I'm thrown into the UK, the Gulags Association. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, if, if, if you're willing to you know deal with whatever consequences come from yeah i agree with you completely well see to me it's the whole idea of nations themselves i mean exactly. the whole idea of nation states yeah. fuck that but my then, allegiance is to the planet fuck america yeah. fuck the uk fuck china yeah. and japan yeah. and korea yeah. and the french too fuck them all my perspective has been that actually when you start questioning the legitimacy of the current political process you do get to the point where other folks start saying what happens to other countries and then mysteriously their legitimacy erodes in the same thought. Well, that's what well because we need earthlings. Yeah. That's what that's yeah. what happens is enough earthlings arise around the world that we can begin to get our shit together. Yes. Again, I'm slightly... And that could happen fast. Yeah. Man, that could happen, that could happen, boom, you know? It's not yet, but I mean, 10 years from now, mm. you know, that, that could fall together overnight. Mm. That could be the change, that could be it. But, but that's a little ways off still. <laughs> there are some interesting technologies currently in play that seem to be framing communication for the next generation. And this is something that I've been reflecting on rather heavily. What, I, what would that be? Well, 
so for example, things like Periscope, Snapchat, or Casey Neistat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh yeah, there's all sorts of yeah. stuff going on out in that. And the thing that interests yeah. me yeah. about a number of yeah. these is that they are really currently being pitched to teenagers, mid-age, yeah. fifteen-year-olds sure. yeah. 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 in particular. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> With the view that if my cousin discovers what's through YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of these technologies are fragmented as well. They're designed actually for this a particular kind of communication. This is why we have to kill capitalism. This, that's <laughs> it. I mean, people, as long as that remains a legitimate, mm. uh, you know, objective, mm. then you're not going to stop that. Mm. That's that's just what capitalism does. Yes. Yes. So you know. here's a question for you that I've floated periodically. Can we optimize our story, or at least what we say externally to others, in such a way to disassemble capitalism and these kind of ideas? I mean, we've talked about the perfect sentence to disassemble language, yeah, right? perfect yeah, sentence yeah, to disassemble yeah. language. That's I, a that's a dream way off. <laughs> well, except there are certain sentences that I think actually not necessarily disassembling language, but could certainly disassemble a number of no, ideas. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I, I think I think yeah, I, I agree with you. There are some sentences that work pretty fucking well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I've thought about certainly collating some of these sentences. I mean, this is what you're trying to do, or one in general is trying to do through any written treaties, be it electronically, on paper, what have you. Yeah, yeah. To- well, yeah, anything is a sequence of letters, yeah. tech, a text file, yes. as opposed to an audio file. Yeah, is to gather these ideas in such a way that succinctly you can get to a particular yeah. point. You know what I'm beginning, well, I've, I've sort of been onto it, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I'm really beginning to get that as I, as I am situated right now, I don't really need anything else to accomplish anything I want to do. Mm. You know, I mean, if I, if, if, you know, supposing I had a bunch of money and had a big organization and blah, 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 and Gento was popular and all that shit, even if all that became wildly true, I could still run it right the way I am right now. Sitting in my cell (laughs) with my Mac. Here's a few things that might change that. Yeah. Dealing with, I mean, maybe the current media is not there in your dream, but dealing with the current media in some form. And dealing also with my experience when I've had a few, you know, above the general poppies moments, like when, you know, my stuff was (laughs) featured in the New York Times and syndicated and all this other kinds of stuff. The experience associated with shutting down every form of electronic communication that I had and just being flooded by mass correspondence from a variety of folks, some of which was actually really interesting and very good, but certainly it took days to go through just a single day's worth of email. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's just, so it's that just hopeless. Is, that just... is the circumstance that I think... Yeah. I mean, I, I share a similar... Well, if you're serious, you have to hire people to go yeah. through it that you trust, yeah. because otherwise you, you either you either have to say sorry, folks, yeah. can't deal with it, yeah. won't deal with it, or you you find someone who will do it for you and filter it. But that yeah. would be a person that you'd have to know quite well. From our last recording, I floated a series of ideas associated with model rail radio, and because there's an overlap of listeners to Stone Ape and model rail radio. 
the Model Rail Radio Facebook group had echoes of our conversation in particular. Wow. Please don't go, Tom. We love you. <laughs> and through this, I realised that actually the, the, the solutions, the oh, remedies nice. that were being discussed all related to exactly this trust mechanism. But the problems with the other podcasts where they've gotten other people in editing or what have you has always accumulated to vastly more work than actually just editing the podcasts and putting them out. I think my own perspective associated with Model Rail Radio primarily relates to just the amount of time and energy that consumes for something that isn't my hobby. Like, it's not... Yeah. No, I... I you to know. do it right, yeah. you know, is for you, a, a, it's a cost of time because it's not what you'd be doing yeah, unless you were time, doing this. It's, it's cognitive energy and it's stuff yeah. that... Yeah, I got Increasingly it. Yeah. has some form of actual existential oh, yeah. value. Oh, boy. I've just kind of dissuaded uh, that. Yeah. Now that you've said it out loud, holy well, shit. Well, I've said it out loud a few times. Oh, time. have you? Okay, so it's not the first time. Okay. Your memory of these recordings is really a very curious thing here, and I found that when we had the fellow on last week on um, the last <laughs> recording on Periscope, because I have talked about DMT considerably more, oh, yeah. I think, than you have through these recordings. Yeah. And yet your assertion was that I'd never talked about DMT. Well, I could you be. Were the, you were the focal point of DMT discussion, which is why the DMT ended up with uh, you. Well, so what can I tell you, man? Yes. My perspective Memory is, is a selective <laughs> thing, isn't There's it? There's a certain group of listeners that come to this recording with the view that you are a wise gentleman and I'm a language <laughs> monkey fool that just kind of yeah. dances in front of you for your amusement. <laughs> And these listeners are not going to change their perspective no matter no, what man. I say. No, no, no. Holy so the shit. monkey is dancing and Heron is laughing. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, people have got all their own ideas, don't they? They most certainly do. I guess they're... they're um, what can you say about that? That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you whatever story you got going in your head, you know, go for it. Or... Yeah. Question it, or I don't know. I don't know if you're happy with it. Stick with it. Yes. If it's working for you, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I befriended the fellow on Facebook. I don't know whether. I'm, in fact, I probably should have checked. He probably unfriended me within two days. <laughs> anyway. Which guy is this now? The guy who sent you the DMT. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, Heron, I am in an even worse room than I'm normally in recording currently, and I am just literally a ball of sweat. Oh, that's terrible. That's too bad. So that's, we're probably going to. I think I'm I think really we've sorry. given enough enough out there, and I don't want you getting too drunk as well. So yeah, there's still some why I've slowed down. There's yeah. I haven't even hardly dented this one, this last one here. So, but um, sometime in the near future, we may have a couple of kind of hiccups in our week to week. But I'm certainly I'll shoot for next Friday. Yeah, let's go for Friday. Yeah, I think it makes both of us a little bit calmer and easier going. Yeah. And I'll try to cool my regular podcasting room in such a way that we can actually record for longer. Yeah, and this idea of Periscope, I still like it. Okay, I still I'll think it's Periscope a good idea. Next week. Well, but yeah. I, I think it's important that we don't even look at it yeah. till, till we're done, yeah. till we're out of topics. Yeah. And then we will look at it and decide whether or not it's worthy of our <laughs> comment or not. Very or good. even possibly inviting somebody to speak. That's a bridge too far for me. <laughs> well, well, it might be possible. I wouldn't 
rule that out. I'd just say... I mean, we've, we've done yeah. previous experiments. Truth be yeah. told, they were with Model Rail Radio listeners and participants. That just no, we didn't do experiments. You did. You were there. I was there, but you, told you me decided to cut their to, audio, and the, yeah, you weren't yeah, going to well, participate I, yeah, if I, they were well, on. And yeah, you, yeah, you're right. You're right. If I, yeah, because it's your. You're right. It's your podcast. But no, no, no. I mean, my perspective is actually, I sh- I try at least to show you a great degree of existential respect associated with your wants and needs. Here's one topic I did want to touch on because you cut me off last time before we had a chance <laughs> to talk about it. Was this whole idea of the. Barbalay stone divide that Barbalay occasionally goes to your part of the world, but there's no interaction. And you asked me what I thought mm. about that. Wait a minute, I'm not even sure what that is. So there's an idea that we this both, is something we've talked we, about yeah, before. We, ask, <laughs> we both exist in Squish, but we have this kind of mainly from your part, but we have this kind of agreement. That we will not meet in Squish because this would just ruin the whole Stone Age. No, I don't. Actually, I didn't have any agreement with it. We never talked about that explicitly. We did on a number of occasions, Harry. Really? I mean, and I I said, in fact, I did not want to meet you and would reject the uh, entirely. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, I don't feel quite that same way anymore. You're softening your views. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's entirely possible. It's just. Let's let's see. <laughs> you know. Yes. Anyway, probably you me, no, but you yeah, never you can tell. You asked me recording what I thought about that, and I guess I've just explained that my perspective <laughs> was that this was just a, you know, a thing, and it didn't really phase me. I mean, certainly. Yeah. Why should it? Yeah. yeah it's nothing. It's just yeah. some quirk in my self. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, Heron, that is the final topic that enters my slowly frying mind in a very hot small room with a bunch of bathroom-related stuff, which will be my bedroom for tonight as well. Oh, what a wonderful life. Amen. Amen. Until next week, Karen. take care. Okay, good night.